0: Welcome to This Undefined. And as you know, it's the podcast that aims to break down the social context of what you've heard from what you believe. And in this episode, we're breaking that down in the creative world and how it relates to everyone. We all have creative capabilities, whether we know it or not, but it becomes an art and we're able to relate those qualities to an audience in a way that captures a simplicity of life. When I decided to break down the season into four parts, The Create series was a personal choice for me to represent in the Kilos project. I want to showcase this concept as a foundational pillar into designing who you want to be in life. This is a perspective that shares so many things with the health and fitness industry, so I decided to make that a major point with this project. When you listen to the episode, do me a favor. Picture yourself as who they are while they're explaining their perspective. That way you can feel what they mean and not just hear what they're saying because a lot of what they hint on are about situations we can all be faced with in our everyday life. If you switch a creative brain with an engineering brain, you're left with a similar process to a solution. So when organizing the structure to this podcast, following the health series, I thought, what mindset makes us feel, want, and continue to be healthy? Creating, making, doing, building, producing an outcome. Just think of how you feel after you accomplish something. Who better to learn about this mindset and to talk to the people who wholeheartedly push themselves into completing a piece of art. That's who artists are. I was very fortunate to have these four creatives as my first guest to introduce this series. They see what they do as a way of life, and it's very cool to listen to how well they're able to navigate their emotions into creating their form of art. The struggle to finish a plan, list, project, or anything for that matter is so relatable to everyone. How many times have you started something and moved on to something else or got frustrated with it for not working and tore it apart or even left something unfinished to maybe start over again? Listening to people who have achieved a degree of notoriety in a set space or have found personal success in their art to make a living is quite impressive to listen to. All of the questions I ask my guests relate to a lot of what I do in my line of work with clients. Taking care of your body is a creative process and I want to talk about how that works. But before we get into that in the train series, I thought there's a couple things we need to acknowledge before getting to that conversation, which is the how and why. Why being the create series and how being the recover series, but more on that later. So again, really actively listen and think of things that you've either been putting off, avoiding, causing you stress or trying to fix. It can be anything. The only thing I will say is that it has to be something you sincerely care about or else the commentary on this would not be that remarkable. But it really is. I say that because that way you can appreciate the lame cliches. And I know, trust me, I get it. And so do these guests. The cheesiness is not lost on us artists. But you know what's funny? It still doesn't make it any less true. Let's be honest. This series and podcast overall is my attempt to advocate for all artists as to why they're essential as a representation for emotional growth and just life in general. The clips I chose from each of the guest episodes really represent that, and are worth another listen. You'll see why, so let's get into it. This is Commentary Undefined for the Create Series. (sighs) Acting is all about relationships. This is how actor Brock Yurick and the first guest on the Create series for the podcast defines his art. Most people think the goal of an actor is to embody the role as a completely different person. But by Brock's definition, being authentic is what it's really about. Acting is not pretending. It's being yourself in relation to the moment you're in, given the circumstances. I found it important to highlight this part of our conversation, because while acting can be a form of entertainment, It can also tap into more meaningful parts of how well we're able to exercise emotional intelligence. Something we can all learn from the acting profession is how to be fully present with ourselves in our environments. We all have to put on an act, depending on the role we need to fill. A parent, a friend, a student, a teacher, the roles are endless, and how we decide to play them out in our lives requires different character traits from us. While they're all expressed in different ways, we never fully change who we are to fill those spaces, Instead, we become more intentional in the act. For Brock, breath control is how he connects himself to that moment. If we're truly present in that practice, tuning into our breath can really help ease our anxieties about who we are at our core. This is also something you'll hear independent artist Sudi paired together in her work as a musician and vocal coach. For her, the intent circles back to creative expression as a form of mental health. Sudi explains how the performance aspects of being an artist is a good example to learn from in being able to work through any emotion, discipline, or practice. Her work with clients is all about unlearning the emotional blocks we carry that prevent us from finding our voice. These guests in particular show two sides of the same coin in regards to creativity, the emotional and the practical. Finding the harmony between the two is often misunderstood in society, but what's interesting is that many of the creative exercises artists use are also found in working environments, athletics, and therapy. For example, interviews, dates, and tryouts, they're all auditions. And auditions are a good example of how the alignment required to perform can be hard work, but is not complicated to achieve if you're being true to who you are. Art has a formula, and artists have it down to a science.
1: Everyone thinks that acting is like becoming another person. And when you are young and you're in theater and you want to, you're playing a role in college and you're like, oh, I get to play action in West Side Story. Like, I got to be different, new, and I got to, you know, I got to morph. I have to be like Johnny Depp and Meryl Streep. But it's like, no, dude, casting directors, they want to see who you are. And acting is about bringing you, it's impossible to become another person. You are who yeah. you are, Yeah. you know? Okay. But you can you can pretend to be somebody else, and that's fine. But all the choices that you make as that character are the choices that you, the actor, have made. So this is still you. Johnny yeah. Depp is always Johnny Depp. Like, but if yeah. if Johnny Depp if Johnny Depp you know was a pirate in the 1700s doing this, that's how he would be. He is. Mm. That's Jack, that's who Jack Sparrow is. It's not a different person. It's just Johnny Depp. So for me, I I had to learn that acting is like just. this sounds so cliche but it's just be me and yourself yeah it's really just like don't don't come in and like don't don't try to be somebody else you're not don't try to be something no don't stretch too hard i've Mm. because i've seen i've watched casting video i've watched audition videos and i've been the reader at auditions for casting directors like i've i would sit there with the casting director all day while actors came in and out and i would read Mm. the the other lines with them and that is one of the best things i've ever done because Mm. i it was like a masterclass in watching how to audition and how not to audition because Mm. some some people would come in and it was just like wow like they that that was that person just owned the room they were confident because you're auditioning the moment you walk in and so like they were confident they were cool they just like sat and they did the thing that was a professional audition and some people Mm. used to come in and they're like you know i'm like wow you're pushing it Mm. and and you're really you seem desperate mm. and so that was something that was like really I was like man like just be yourself and i would do that so many times i'd go into these auditions and like try to be over friendly or over this or over that and i'm just like
0: yeah how do you feel during performance like when you're performing what what what, are, what do you how do you associate your body with performance what do you mm. feel that's a really good question uh wow i don't think i've ever been asked that
1: question well, it's very easy to um, to not breathe. Good Lord, you have to breathe. That's just that's a life that's, lesson. That's it. And and my friend, one of my best friends, Sean Palmer, just told me. He said, taking a big deep breath and controlling your breathing and getting becoming centered with your breathing can literally change the world because it changes you and therefore changing the world. And I was like, damn, you know. Yeah. Like, we're, yeah we're just like so used to, i'm i catch myself holding my breath but but also another thing i think um what did she say? i think julia roberts said this in an interview and it was like very it was very very true it was, it's when you're acting with somebody it's always about them you know don't ever want to you don't want to act i see actors like i see people doing auditions and they're like you know do like mugging for the camera and i'm like you're i you're acting for you like you're <laughs> no one else there you're like acting in a mirror you know i can see that but, but when you're talking with somebody, you don't you don't think about what you, you you're looking at them. Yeah. And Hilly Roberts always said it's about them. You want to make them feel something. You want to make them mm-hmm. feel whatever feeling you want to make them feel. It's about getting a reaction from them, and making it about them, and that takes mm-hmm. the pressure off of you. Mm-hmm. That takes the pressure off of you to like oh, be yeah. a good actor. And it's like just if if your intention is there, this person, the camera is going to catch all this, and it's going to be genuine because the camera sees everything uh if you, <laughs> you miss your line for one second, or if you if you go up on a line or if you if you get in your head for one moment about like how am i looking at the camera it sees that Ooh, uh, so you have to be like laser focused on the other person but that's just what life is like, like again like it's all about relationships acting is all about relationships relationships uh to your circumstances and to the people around you it's all about relationships and then Again, like when you, like when you're, when you're there, let all that rehearsal go and just be mm-hmm. a human, go be a human. If you're walking into the scene and you say, wow, you have a really nice apartment. What would you do? Look at the place that you're talking about. Be a human. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> so all of our common sense just like goes out the window for some reason, but it's like, it's just, we make it hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, and that just comes with like time and experience and practice. And it's like, yeah. what is happening in the scene? You know, all these questions that they ask you, what is happening in the scene? You know, well, we're breaking up. Okay, well then break up.
0: <laughs> you know, like yeah. how would you break up? So yeah. it's just... It's very intentional. It's like all, in the yeah. moment.
1: Yeah, like it, it, that's that's the thing. That's the skill that you have to learn. You know, acting on film is a very serious skill that you have to to figure out. But you try to keep that balance of like, you have to be aware of it, but you also can't be like self-conscious of it. you. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm talking in
0: circles, but no, it's okay.
1: You can't let it get in your head, but you also have to keep it in your head. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All you got to do is like stand there and hit your mark and say your lines. Mm -hmm. All the director needs you to do is hit the mark, say your line, and that's it. It's like acting the easiest job in the world. It really is. It's Mm -hmm. just like we make it hard, we make it hard on ourselves you know, but like as actors, we need to do it 10 times till we really feel it. And then that's <laughs> self-indulgent.
0: Yeah, cause it's about them. Exactly, you're making it about you. You yeah. sort of, you've, you've made, uh, you've merged creativity with math cause that's pretty much what you did. Screenwriting
1: and movies, it's all
0: a formula. Yeah, it's very intentful again.
2: I really believe that mental health is, and creative expression are, Ex, like totally tied together um so being vulnerable and being able to work through emotions is so good for your mental health and creatively expressing that is such a fantastic way and an invaluable way to to do that or work through your trauma or work through certain emotions whether you're the one singing or you're listening to an artist yeah. or you're you're you see a painting or you watch a film or something that moves you
0: i have a friend who's a who's in residency in psychiatry and i actually had her on the podcast and she taught she we talked a lot about mental health and all the the things that can go wrong like depression anxiety all these different things where she's like but mental health is making decisions And when you are able to make a decision, that's one at a time, right? And so kind of speaking to what you're saying, if you're able to process your way through something that you're going through or acknowledging those things, it's going to kind of come back in a more creative way because you'll see things differently and then think differently. And I love how you merge those two because that's something that I try to kind of involve in every conversation that I've been having with these episodes because you'll start to see there's a lot of connections in between different things, and it always leads back to you and how you're kind of dealing with So health. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't even realize that affect us, you know? Um, there's something that comes up a lot when I am working with people, and it's something that I had to really work on. We don't have to make yourself smaller for someone else. And then that directly affects how much they're able to physically with their voice let out. Mm. A lot of times it's hard for people to like even just open their mouth all the way to sing, to let their voice mm-hmm. completely out, to be completely free, to let it yeah. do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So that takes, that's yeah. not just a physical thing. That's a totally psychological thing. That's an emotional thing and a spiritual thing. They're all working together. So mental health is a big part of of what I do when I work with people because you can't have one without the other. But like I said, you you can technically, you could be a good singer, you could do that. But if it's not all, if you don't have all of those parts together and you're not always consistently making sure that everything is kind of like all together there and grounded, it really does make a huge difference and it makes a difference to the person or audience members that are hearing yes. you sing or watching you perform. Because when I give that exercise out, um, I always say, now watch, this is going to be something that when we work together on things like this. It's not just going to be for your voice. This is going to bleed into every other area of your life.
0: There's this uh, philosopher, I think it's Kierkegaard. I'm going to butcher the quote, but basically what he says is when an artist goes up there, A comedian whatever artist is um, and people are clapping they're sort of clapping for more unfortunate things to happen for them to process through and be able to share their experience Mm
2: -hmm. and so
0: as an artist it's really cool just how you explain that in that artists are the people that we learn from in terms of how to connect with certain emotions that the song does that the literature has all those different things the way you're doing it and applying it in a more concrete way with having people Mm -hmm. do those exercises is the cool thing that I, I wish people, and I think it's happening now, but I wish people start to notice how art is very important in our lives. That doesn't have to be like a musician or, uh, or a dancer, but it can be things that people do every day, like working on a car, um, yeah, cooking, absolutely. there's an art, right? And so you can kind of take that and see that there's a little bit of everything in, in, uh, in everywhere.
2: Everywhere, and I always say that too, even outside of when I'm teaching. Even um, if I'm just hanging out with like friends or new people, you know, when we get to talking about that. A lot of people will be like, well, I want you to teach me, but I can't sing or I don't have any talents. I say that, you know, they're just because it's maybe not a musical thing or a visual art thing. There's so many ways to be creative as a human being in this world yeah. that things that i can't do i can't do math very well <laughs> that's like very creative
0: that is very creative
2: science a beautiful poetic. mind yeah
0: yeah, yeah i yeah. mean
2: there's like so much first of all even being a functional human being in this world that's an art <laughs> <of itself. laughs> that's true
0: yeah that looks different every person you meet yeah, yeah i mean yeah.
2: you know if you're in it for the right reasons, and yes. you truly feel that that magical spark when you do it. That's that's that creative expression. Yeah. I think that the continuation of exploring creativity, not just in the types of like sounds that you mm-hmm. make, but like how you get those sounds, the different types of instruments you can make. Like I saw this instrument on TikTok the other day. And you literally like put these clamps onto. You can put them onto like mushrooms or like leaves, and then that will interpret through a series of like piano sounds and bass sounds, like what that plant sounds like in music. And I think that's so cool. And there's that like, is cool. there's the that science and technology and math. You know, it's like goes. It, it all goes back to like that whole artistic expression.
0: Artistic expression can also extend itself into language and communication. Sometimes the practical skills we develop by other means of work or formal education can be valuable tools for our creative pursuits. In another episode of this series, personal trainer, DJ, and designer Max Shannon is a great example of this perspective. He shares why an appreciation for the process always exceeds any result or desire. For him, All of the accumulating experiences he has throughout life are always tied to the things he loves. An interesting part of our conversation was how he details that journey as an accountant, bartender, personal trainer, DJ, and designer. At one point, I asked him to elaborate on how practical occupations, such as a personal trainer, and artistic pursuits, such as a brand designer, can share similar journeys. It all came down to one simple truth, connecting with people and relating to their aspirations. Similar to Max, if we're mindful in our journey, every interaction can help us grow within all of our interests to develop our own personal brand.
3: You know, I have melted into personal training because I just lived in a gym like my whole life through gymnastics and like aesthetics. I knew there was like a way to do things to look a certain way. You know, like I knew like, mm-hmm. that you had to like do these kind of exercises to build this sort of aesthetics to be able to like accomplish this kind of movement, you know, and I, I like the process of that. You know, I went to school for accounting and figuring things out and finding the answer. And that's always been like what intrigued me by it. And a little bit, I know that my junior year in cost accounting would come around and I would want to kill myself because this shit was crazy. It was so hard, bro. Accounting was. <laughs> Not the move in the end, but again, I got uh, through it and then I yeah. got out here. And
0: Did any of there. those skills in accounting, did you make any uh, connections in how it helps you today? Other than the sure. obvious of like, you know, keeping books, stuff like that. But do you see any of the skills in the art that you make?
3: To be completely honest, like I don't refer to it too much. What I, what I really could say I, I take from it these days is just kind of my like work ethic. You know, like I had to work hard in college. I had to work hard. To achieve that degree like it was tough and 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 that's what i feel like is so cool about school in general don't get me wrong people follow their education they get jobs in it but like the the real the real benefit from getting that education i feel like is your discipline like martial arts right like you like Mm -hmm. as a kid you're like i'm breaking these little boards i'm getting my belts but it really teaches you so much more all than just like fighting you know it really Mm -hmm. teaches you how to walk through life and how to uh hold yourself and how to like treat people and, and schooling, you know, it's kind of that in the same way of like a work ethic and, and what I needed to do to get to that next step and, and being outgoing and, and being more of an extrovert and forcing myself to like put myself in uncomfortable situations in order to reap the benefit later. So, when it comes to making clothes, when it comes to working on your body, when it comes to rolling the joint, whatever it is, your process with your work, whatever it is, if you just get to a place, to a finish point without experiencing the process, the value is just so much less you know you don't appreciate it the same way so like whatever you're doing like make sure you like sit back and like appreciate the good times the bad times and and everything in between because once you get to that that other side of it you're like just have such a a greater love and and appreciation again you know so um I got in contact with the studios owned by this guy, Rich Beretta, who was Mr. America in 87. Because this whole training gym was all word of mouth. There was no, like, I want to apply to be a trainer at Rich Beretta. It was like, no, this trainer put me on. He vouches for you. He's going to come in. And if you don't do or you don't, like, live up to the space it's on that trainer that brought you in what takes a good trainer aside from being like knowledgeable and 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 being able to give people results like having that 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 persona you know those those people skills is really like these people have to come and see you when they want to do something that they don't want to do more than anything you know like so they come in and Talk you know, a little, you know.
0: Yeah. Talk a little bit of, about that, because I think a lot of trainers struggle with that reality. You know, yeah, people want to get healthy and they want to look good, but there's a lot that comes with that. And you also have to build a business. So having the people skills first to deal with like different types of people, New York City really prepares you for that. Because every successful New York trainer I met understands that and they know how to do that very well. I think that's, that's everything
3: I'm t- that's why there's a zillion trainers out here because also like you know like it it doesn't necessarily take like oh i got the craziest new like workout for you or i'm gonna like like that's not what people really want you know like people definitely want to be in shape and they want the aesthetic part of it but they want to be able to enjoy themselves while they're there you know and, and you are the only one that's going to be able to really create that for them and uh being a good trainer takes being like a good interacting human, you know yeah, yeah you have to be able to communicate well with these people um and so yeah coming out here like i just i, I just kind of fell into it you know i've always been very inviting and, and warm as it is a person in general and uh throwing on top of it you know that i did know like what i was doing and i was studying under like a really amazing person and i was able to just build a, a good clientele and and, and rock out a, a solid business for the past like nine years yeah
0: Our conversation then led us into what defines originality. This topic is an interesting one, and not necessarily one we need an answer to, but it is a concept worth exploring because it can help make sense of the relationship many artists have with themselves, the audience, and the culture. Max goes on to talk about a very universal experience we all share, the struggle to make sense and be seen. This is an observation many of us can relate to, and for a creative person, This is also where the ever-changing relationship between culture and art also start to develop. Another great perspective you'll hear about this is shared by artist Hector Trend, who uses similar language as he talks about the sincerity of an artist financing their ideas. When it comes to reaching creative success, there will be setbacks. But something to remember along the way is to not allow ego to take over the personal choices we have to make to help support that dream. In today's modern world, originality may be based on being an individual. As you continue to listen, notice how Max's personal brand is a testament to his creative experiences. And as we dive further into the podcast, Hector's artwork is the interpretation to his creative process. How do you define originality?
3: Um, it's a big question uh individuality I mean honestly like I've at heart always wanted to be like an individual I've always since I was little felt like I've like needed to be seen as weird as that sounds you know and Mm -hmm. it's harder to be seen when you're a part of the masses. and so whatever it was when it came to like my whole mentality of just kind of being against the grain a little bit or doing things that like people don't do or my circle didn't do or whatever and like kind of making that left when everyone goes right you know like that that's 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 the originality right there. I feel like that's what makes you who you are. And and don't get me wrong, we're influenced by everything around us, but how you take that influence and then how you make it your own is where that that individuality, that originality comes from. My like click and like my stellar fam and my whole, my music fan and my whole like circle, we... We, we take so much from each other and we have so many similar things about ourselves when it comes to music taste, when it comes to the way we dress, when it comes to what we like to do. Um, everyone still is an individual because that's because everyone likes that everyone takes to take their little pieces here and there but create their own self within that you know and mm-hmm. and, and being true to what you like and what makes you happy I think is the best way to do that because if you try to like put yourself in places or hang out with people or try things that maybe you don't like either you learn that that's not the way and you still create your individuality from not liking that but or you do and, and you you make you You know, Mm
4: -hmm. you make yourself,
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So a lot of creating is repurposed influence and ideas. How do you borrow from other art forms to create the product that you've made? like physically, but also the the method that you do things?
3: Because it's all the stuff that I love, I want to develop clothing because I wanted to be, it was the easiest way to kind of create a business card for mm-hmm. being a part of these communities that I appreciate, you know? Yeah. Um, it wasn't about being a designer and being in fashion. It was about creating a name for myself and my brand to be involved in these different worlds that I like from dance and music and art and fashion and food and all these all these, all these like things that I wanted to touch. I was like, how do I, how do I be a part of this without dedicating my whole life to dancing or getting my whole life to being a chef or my whole life into like fashion school? Or um, Because again, I like to be in multiple things. So I wanted to create an umbrella brand that has mm. all these different worlds that I love. And once again, following those things that you really appreciate will naturally give you a result of that. You know, as long as you kind of stay in somewhat of a lane for what those are, that was that was my motive. My motive was to be around and surround myself with those people. Actually that was so cheesy, but like really doing like what you love because it's the only way you're gonna be able to keep rocking it and like be successful and, and and being okay knowing that your taste changes, your circles change, your living situation changes, whatever it is, your world is consistently changing and you have to be able to adapt with it. You know, if you're if you get caught up in like like the the negativity behind it and like you let it kind of bring you down it's just gonna there's just no progress that's going to come from yourself so like being okay with like the movement of the water around you with your friends your family your life um but but just being consistent and just kind of like knowing that everything is a learning experience everything good bad everything in in between as long as you're true to yourself and authentic the rest of the world's going to come and see it you know and appreciate it you know finding that community and finding those people around you is like so important to to who you are embrace it all you know embrace it all and then from there and take what you want and what you don't you forget and you keep moving
4: all right yeah
3: when you first told me like a little description of, of the podcast i was just like you know it's, it's about like you know creatives and, the, and, and how we're how we kind of like you know move through like the waters of our life and get to a certain point i was like bro this is like
2: yeah. I love
3: this like i love yeah. this concept you know like I, I that's why i was so pumped to do it because i feel like i do have so much to speak on because you know my dad and i always kind of talk about this my dad also is just like a success based on you know situations you know and moving in the right waters and we always kind of talk. Sometimes we almost feel like a little bit of a fraud. Sometimes you know, because you feel like, um, like you're to a place. You're like, did I really like earn where I am right now? You know, but yeah. like the decisions that we've made as opportunists and moving along those 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 doorways in in a way that's got you to where you are. Like, you can't you can't discredit any of that. Yeah, you, know? you can't. It's just, it's just, everyone has their own story.
0: What sort of advice would you give someone that's trying to find how they can make their passion fit in something else in the meantime to kind of propel them forward?
4: I think, yeah, I'd say there's nothing wrong with doing something that isn't creative to support what you want to do. Because at the end of the day, if you're serious about painting or sculpting or music or acting, Mm -hmm. you will do whatever it takes to make that work. You just will. Yes. I mean, I I used to work on the door in Shoreditch, which is an area in East London for three and a half years, like night shifts, like 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. Yeah, It was never like, there was never any trouble, there was never any danger, but like, no. it wasn't a glamorous job. I was a sort of glorified bouncer for three and a half years. So, mm-hmm. But every shift and every shifty, cold evening, I stood outside, I knew that it was building towards something great, mm-hmm. or what I hoped would be something great. So I think... My advice would be if, if, if you can, if you can transfer your skills from a creative, your creative discipline into another creative discipline, amazing, do it because sometimes you're so myopic. I'm myopic in my studio, that I need another creative outlet. And the days I spend with the brand are the perfect sort of decompression I needed. But if, if, if you can't, or if, if it's not quite there at the moment, then just there's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong. Never let anyone belittle you for doing something the to to sort of support something a dream you're chasing because again this culture we live in it's very sort of hyper sort of obsessed with consumerism and and complete sort of insincerity and in and how how we are and you people more concerned with how they look how they appear as opposed to their actual being um Mm -hmm. it's it is hard to sort of to, to to break new ground i think people become obsessive in that that they'll push themselves to great extremes um, and it will become performative, but it's, it's, it's making sure you do it your own way and, and trying to at least bring something of yourself to it so you can add to that sort of tapestry for the next generation, the next artist. But, you know, to borrow a sort of like terminology for America, like people flex really hard and it's like, for what reason? There's no, there's no reason. You shouldn't be humbled if you're doing something that, that supports a passion of yours. Because, again, it's just, well, it's been a fucking process for a start. You often get people looking down on those sort of jobs, and it's like, there's nothing wrong with those jobs. Hard, hard-working people, millions of hard-working people around the world. And if you have to do them to support your, your passion, then great. And There will be opportunities, like, I met some really interesting people when I worked on the with them, and that did help me, probably, mm-hmm. in realising, OK, I, I can move into different creative spaces.
0: Traditional definitions of an artist are a painter or sculptor, and the evolution of the word throughout history has caused the definition to broaden even more, much due to the development of new media and technology, which is why I wanted to hear Hector's perspective on how he sees this change occurring in society. There are still many opinions and associations people have as to who is an artist and what makes good art. Something consistent I noticed with every guest I've had on this series is how they separate process from product. And this brings up an interesting insight that shares real life experience. The styles of art we're drawn to use are based on what brings our means to an end. Styles such as expressionism, abstract, contemporary, dance, just to name a few, all display their own process as a form of emotional growth, which can also be seen as a form of therapy. Art helps us push through our personal blocks. As Hector and I discuss, Where it gets tricky is how, when, and if an artist chooses to share their work for others to see, and how that can change meaning. Hear me out. The relationship the artist has with their audience is mixed and matched based on their own experiences related to the art piece, not the artist, for the most part. It's from there where conversations diverge into many different perspectives that both celebrate and criticize the work of art. The romanticization of the tortured artist is one example of how these types of narratives develop in society. But something to note is that suffering and art are not mutually exclusive. Although the association is valid, that perspective is not necessarily essential to create. The process for an artist does have resistance, but is not always related to agony and despair. We attach our own feelings to the creator's emotional process, but in reality, we don't know what it was you can only interpret what it could be this is why the life of an artist can seem chaotic and contradictory but only by perspective so how do you define an artist
4: i mean i think first and foremost i think it it it, it can't really be defined by i think the parameters or the the i guess the ideations that people do often box into like sales or representation or notoriety i think i just don't i don't think that's a very um comprehensive or fair or even like a sensible way to define it i think without sounding too cliche i think everyone really has that within them even if it's even if it doesn't seem much to someone or it's more of a hobby or they don't see themselves very good i don't think there's a good or bad i think if you're pursuing something purely for the joy of it and especially if you are if there's in the sort of emotional drive to it because the, yeah. my favorite I guess movement in art is expressionism which obviously is especially abstract expressionism which I think they were sort of very concerned with how a painting made them feel or the the sensations and emotions that they got from making specific marks or were just just making the work they did and I think that's really important I think more so that defines artists a if bit if there's a sense of sort of like yeah an emotional sort of overture to it I think anyone I think anyone can, can be an artist.
0: Can bring that out. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the artist and the critic. When is your relationship with the critic most contemplating for you?
4: Mm-hmm. I think critics is the easiest job in the world. They got no skin in the game. Any critic, any discipline, it's 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 a DOS. I just I I'm tempted to say I don't really respect critics, which is potentially quite arrogant. But yeah, they they when someone's like you know they whatever it might, be, it might be a performance or or music, or art, when they're truly sort of in that space, and occupying that space, and they're making something, and it's sort of pulling at their very sort of, their very being, um, or soul, or whatever you might call it, and they're being incredibly honest and open, So I think that's the other thing about art, it's an incredible honesty, it's a very honest dialogue, mm-hmm. or it should be an honest dialogue, and someone has, not that they're not within their rights to criticise it, I'm just, at times, I'm just like, who are you, like, <laughs> Where do you, like, how are you how are you getting off on this because mm-hmm. I hope that my sort of force is strong enough that when it, when it comes to it, I won't mind I won't care we sort of water for duck's back but
0: so how do you think of the relationship then with the artist and the viewer like how much do you think of the viewer what do you want well, them like, to get from that's that
4: a much more honest and much more valuable relationship because they're not coming in with any sort of I don't think there's, enough, there's a sort there's of preconception to sort of Find something out. I don't know a lot of some of the viewer, They're not. They don't really have an agenda. Well, I mean, they'll have agendas. But I don't think they. They're not really coming in into sort of critique the work. If they if they if they build that critique over over the course of viewing the work, great. That's that's a that's a natural dialogue, and that's a dialogue. I think any artist would want to engender. But speaking purely from like a viewer who might sort of come to see one of your shows, or see something online, or wander into a gallery off the street, sort of thing. I think there's a very holistic, contemplative, um, neutral, virgin, positive relationship.
0: I was documenting an artist here in the States and I would go to his like studio and we would have a lot of conversations that I kind of archived. And he told me about this one painting. He was doing a gallery showing, like people came up to him and like had this whole idea of what it was. And for him, it kind of causes a lot of turmoil. Do you ever have that feeling with your work?
4: The, the sort of turmoil the artist oh, described is, is something I think most artists will have I think I certainly do and I, I don't think I think a lot of people have romanticized that like tortured artists but there's a David Lynch quote
2: yeah. where
4: he speaks quite interestingly on um on sort of suffering as a as an artist and why it isn't actually as sort of attractive as um he said the anger and depression and sorrow are sort of beautiful things in a story but they're 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 poisons an artist Mm. And and you need that clarity to create, which which definitely like resonated with me because I think a lot of people will sort of romanticise this idea of of turmoil and, and, and struggles. And I'm I'm not always um, consistent in my <laughs> understanding of this, but I think I think David Lynch went on to say that he thought that um, he thought that Van Gogh would be a much more prolific painter if he was happier, which is quite interesting. It's, it's a it's kind of a, a wild thing to say because it's. No one else was really saying it. Like no one else would have thought to say it. And I think, you know, he didn't think it was the pain that made him great. He think it was the painting that made him happy and great. But the act of painting, as opposed to the pain that he was sort of going through. Um, So I think there was there's definitely like fetishization and how that romanticized it got is is a little. It's not as honest I think it it should be. You can definitely paint from more positive places.
0: Well, just to speak, tap on that a little bit, um, well, a large part of that is, you know, art is therapeutic. It, there's an element of like mental health there. And even though maybe what you, what comes out of making an, a piece is very tortured, that was the act to be able to kind of release that from that person, right? And I think a lot of people don't see it that way because we, we sort of just like to see the negative part of, of something that gives you a beautiful piece of art
4: people who often forget that through the act of, as you said, through the act of painting, it's actually probably arguably a very strong case for that sort of act of healing. And that is that step-by-step process is, as you said, it's the opposite of inertia. You are moving forward. And yeah, they'll, they'll tend to sort of focus on the very negative And, you know, it's, it's, it's always a tricky one, especially like for something at like the 27 Club, that's like become like a sort of yeah. cool thing. And it's like, yeah. how cool is that? Because these, these, you know, these... Yeah artists and, and musicians and actors and that were, we're incredibly sort of tortured and it's not something to be like romanticized it's yeah i don't i don't really see why we should be sort of narrating that those struggles in a way because i think there's this sort of allure and there's a sort of appeal to artists um in whatever discipline they're in and because that's part that's seen as part and parcel of it sort of seen as like sexy or or attractive, or, like, cool, edgy, whatever it might be, and it's, I think that's where it comes from. It's it's like, oh, look look at the lives they lived. they were incredibly sort of meteoric and incredibly um, pyrrhic, and they burnt so bright that they actually did a lot of damage to themselves. You know, I think our culture, where we've grown up, it's it's just idolised and venerated those sort of figures without much, without really going by the surface and without much thought on anything but, like, how sort of, interesting or how commercial or how marketable it can be made.
0: Because it's very
4: draining for you as a
0: painter. People have, you know, oh, romanticized
4: yeah. it, right? And then there's like, but you don't
0: realize what, how much you're going through to make it.
4: Uh, He's a painter, so I'm not talking, I'm trying to think of his name. But he said, he said that, you know, weeks go by when he, he, he couldn't paint. And he, you know, he, he just couldn't stand any longer. He, he got fed up and he, he didn't want to talk about it. And he became incredibly self-conscious. He said, I constantly despair at, you know, the impossibility of my incapacity. Of ever accomplishing anything. But I always have hope that it perseveres one day. And, and that hope is sort of nurtured. And I think it's it's pushed on every time we have one of these little breakthroughs. Every time, as you said, that step forward is taken. That sort of reminds you of what you're of what of what it can be. That reminds you of what you're working towards. But yeah, I always found that really, really important that that artist's words. It's, you know, yeah, you're not meant to dwell in those spaces. They happen, but like, you'll be be reminded inevitably by um, those small steps forward that, oh, there's a much greater sort of calling here.
0: The mental skills artists and creatives use are within everyone's reach. If we apply the same mindset as them into any course of action we can imagine, the results are the same, a clearer state of wellness. This is a comparison i believe is important to emphasize because it shares the same process as taking care of your own health the way this artistry presents itself onto an individual is by means of how we use and care for our body arguably art and creativity is what distinctively makes us feel human and art is all about feeling now i understand feelings can be fleeting and inconsistent They're usually associated with being unreliable to logic or reason, but only to those who don't know how to use them properly. In fact, feelings are tools we can leverage to create our wants and needs, which can then lead us into action. And as you heard on the podcast, actors, musicians, designers, and painters are just some examples of what that action can lead to. With that in mind, something to note is that no matter what circumstances in life we were given, The ability for everyone to express that journey is a personal one how creatives feel about their own work is similar to how people feel about their own body and in today's critical society it's become very difficult to begin either of those processes the conversations surrounding our body and health have caused cognitive distortions that seem altruistic but are heavily self-centered think about it much like the criticism an artist goes through both self-inflicted and by others So does the average person attempting to improve both their health and body. There are many factors, sometimes the general public, and specifically people in the health and fitness industry, fail to remember about seeing results. This may be due to the large amount of time they spend in their own fields and not outside of their circle of interest, but I think it's also due to an undefined purpose. Don't get me wrong. The passion to help and educate people is a valiant effort I can advocate for anyone but not when it inhibits our ability to critically feel our thinking to help someone. Feel free to reflect on that for a minute. What people sometimes seem to forget is that most people don't have the same level of interest or time in exploring the steps to improve their health, and that's okay, as radical as that may sound, to each at their own time. And I know, sometimes the existential dread can weigh heavy, but again, we have been through worse and have learned and survived. I can't say that enough. Just like creators have to go through different prototypes of ideas, so do our ways to communicate effectively to create the change we want to see. And that also goes for people who want to get healthier or work out. That responsibility falls on them when they feel it's the time to start. A quick example of this is when a love song hits differently when you're in love, or when a film causes you to cry about something you didn't know mattered to you. You can roll your eyes to a lot of the cliches in life, but you'll feel different when it relates to you. And that all has to do with time. I didn't add this to the episode, but Hector's commentary on time as a tool for creating work is fascinating. You might want to go revisit that because time is an element that can be used in art in a way to transcend generations. It's kind of cool to think about, but to get back on topic. Yes, there are social deficits that need to be addressed first. And as much as we want health to be at the forefront of society, it's our own actions that have led us to these issues in the way we are dealing with them now. Sure there are faulty systems that have been in place that need to change. And collectively, we need to advocate for those changes, but in a way that's productive for everyone. As much as we want to spend our time and resources spewing stats and unraveling propaganda as to all the reasons for this, it's all background noise, and we have to cut through that by being creative in our best personal practices. At face value, the Create series might seem like an entertainment hour with people who have a lot of feelings and opinions. And on one hand, that's true. But on a real level, it speaks to the human condition as a whole. Actors emote what society can't express. Musicians compose what society can't put into words. Designers build what society can't assemble. And artists manifest what society can't imagine. Now, all that being said, I'm going to be real with you. Not everyone is an artist. I make that remark because as the word creative regains popularity, Not all creative people are artists. And no disrespect to those who wear the creative title proudly. I'll always say you do you. But artists are a breed of their own that have a level of discipline that surpasses that of a creative one. As I said earlier, we all have creative capabilities, but the mastery over a specific skill transcends its value past time and space. Reflect on that one too. Entertainment has diluted the value of content, but it's also broadened it. It's why I can simultaneously have this opinion and also defend its evolution. My reason to separate entertainment from artistry is because they are not the same. Entertainment is amusement, and artistry is skill. (sighs) My heart goes out to every creative person out there, and a bit more so to the artists because of what I just said. Getting something done is an uphill battle with challenges sometimes out of your control. I can't tell you how many times I almost stopped making this podcast. And more than half the time, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just figuring it out along the way. Because you know how many podcasts and creative people are out there? A lot. So I don't know why I keep making these episodes or who's listening. I don't know what I get from this. I can spend time doing other things that bring me monetary value. Yeah, it's just uh, who do I think I am, you know? And And just like that we can convince ourselves of not even trying. But see, that's the thing. Those are the same comments we tell ourselves every day and more so for all the things that really mean something to us, genuinely. People who wanna start a new career, people who are looking for a partner, learning a new language, choosing where to live, working on a cure for disease, asking for help. We can convince ourselves that none of it matters and then we fall into our own traps again. This is why I make that distinction between artists and creatives. Artists are humble to themselves and the process to define their purpose. It's why they can feel all the feels that we've talked about, but still find a way to make it happen. Hope that helps. That's all I got. So, this is where I leave you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of this undefined don't forget to subscribe rate and leave a review share the voice and if you want more content to explore as well as follow other projects we're working on go to the website at www.thekilosproject.com and follow us on instagram at the Kilos project till next time train recover create each of the guests you heard were in order of how their episodes were released Acting with Brock Urich, Independent Music with Sudi, Personal Brand with Max Shannon, and Artist with Hector Trent. For more in-depth conversations, check out each of their prospective episodes.